Natasha Tarasova. She is a transformational coach, NLP petitioner, energy leader, and a mental health advocate. She overcame a dark depression. She came out of an awful place through personal and spiritual development. Divorced from a 12-year relationship, and on top of that, she got fired from a family job and the family to start her own business. Welcome, Sasha. Tell us what Thank happened. Thank you, Monique. Tell us what happened, uh, what caused your depression, and what feeling made you decide to get yourself out of it. What strength was activated? All right. Um, hi, everyone. Thank you for having me and thank you for the invitation so the depression of course it's not just one simple thing that caused it or started it it was an accumulation of many different variables and i think it started it, the roots started in childhood because i grew up in a post ussr russia um, where majority of people uh, mindset was all around fear and scarcity and um, fear of the government and stuff like that. So my parents divorced too. And from what I know, I don't remember these things, but from what I know, they were writing all the time. And then after the divorce, I was living between my grandparents. So kind of grew up in a broken family. And of course, as a little child, that can make an impact on a child's self-worth. Because if your parents abandon you at such a young age, already from then you can start feeling like you're not good enough, you're not pretty enough, or being loved. Mm -hmm. And then eventually when I moved in again with my mother and my stepfather, uh, I was eight years old, they were pretty strict parents um, to the point where if I would do something that they didn't like, I would get punished. But if I was doing things you know, as as told, and I was a good girl, so to say. Mm -hmm. Then they didn't really, um, didn't really say anything. So if I would get a bad grade, I would get consequences. But if I would get a good grade, it was sort of like a normal thing. So I kind of grew up uh, with this notion that I need to earn love by either getting good grades or behaving in a certain way or being a certain person. And throughout my um, teenagehood, I continued doing that. At the age of 14, I left Russia. I moved to study to, uh, to study in Ireland mm -hmm. in a boarding school. Mm -hmm. So there, I suddenly was uh, exposed to a completely different environment. And there, I also learned that you know, in order to please others, I now need to adapt to this new environment. I need to adapt to this new culture because they were making fun of me and the way I was at the time. Because, you know, 14 years old is kind of sensitive age where yes. girls and yeah, boys absolutely. are still not really friends. Yeah, exactly. So that was quite a challenging time. And then at 16 years old, I moved again to another country, to Switzerland, another boarding school, had to start all over again. And basically, I had to do it multiple times when I would move to a new place and restart again um, and try to introduce myself and find new people again mm -hmm. and at the time I was always coming from a place of okay how do I get these people to like me 
what do these people like? What kind of person do I need to be in order to be accepted by the group? Mm-hmm. And sort of by doing that, most of my younger years, I adopted this false self, mm-hmm. which is a concept um, in the spiritual um, community. Mm-hmm. And it's a concept, concept of basically wearing a mask or many masks and pretending to be someone that you're not really who you are, not your true self. Mm-hmm. To be liked by other people, right? Which is called people pleasing in general psychology. Yes, yeah. Yeah, and I think that doing that for such a prolonged period of time is what uh, made the biggest impact and what caused me to start feeling depressed Mm -hmm. and to start feeling tired of wearing all those masks and being this person I wasn't really um, myself. And eventually it led to what I feel was a total disconnection from who I really was, mm-hmm. my true self. And this is when the depression really went bad. Mm-hmm. I, I spent, I think, prior to my depression developing into something really bad, I think I spent a few years in a high-functioning depression, mm-hmm. which, is, um, which is much lighter than a regular depression. You have a few symptoms, but they're kind of mild. And most people are not aware of these symptoms most people actually think it's more to be like that mm-hmm. i think a lot of people they are in a high functioning depression so you have some mild effects like being irritable or not being very well or like extra stressed but you still function normally like you could still continue your life mm-hmm. it doesn't really uh, bother you or stop you from living your life mm-hmm. so i didn't address it because i didn't know what was going on and I never really came across depression before. Mm-hmm. I never really dealt with people who were struggling. And also these days, nobody likes to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Somehow it's, it's, it's considered shameful by people to talk about their mental health. Mm-hmm. So when the depression finally hit me, I didn't know what it was. I really had no idea. I just felt really unwell. I started having insomnia. I started being extremely irritable and aggressive mm-hmm. and I couldn't hold any my emotions like I completely lost control of my emotions like mm-hmm. very little things could trigger me mm-hmm. and I would blow up and you know ruin relationships and be a really nasty person yeah 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 <laughs> but the funny thing is but people think often as a depression is only being sad Depression comes with a lot of sadness, but I think it depends on what stage you're in. Mm-hmm. Because the deeper you go, the let's say lower you go mm-hmm. on that scale, that's when you get more and more sad until eventually you get to a point where there is so much sadness that it kind of becomes apathy, where you don't even yeah. want to do anything anymore. You don't want to like see anyone anymore. Yeah, you you really don't care about anything anymore and that's really like the rock bottom yes well i think i think sadness is the first emotion and anger is the second emotion so it's it's the deeper layer of anger is sadness for sure yeah thank you um i think the sadness came from not first of all the disconnection from my true self Mm -hmm. and just not 
being accepted for who I was because I was never showing who I was. So of course I'm not accepted. I'm accepted for this mask that I'm wearing, right? Yes. So it's all kind of it was all this theater, it was fake, so this false self was mm -hmm. living and I was not really enjoying this life because it was not what I wanted mm -hmm. and it was not me. Yeah. And the, the break not I wouldn't call it a breakthrough, but let's say the moment when things started getting really bad mm -hmm. was when for the first time I left a job that I hated. Mm -hmm. And I had a plan. I, I said, I'm going to travel during the summer. I'm going to discover Europe. I'm going to mm -hmm. do some activities. And then I'm going to come back to Dubai. I was living in Dubai at the time. Mm -hmm. Then I would come back to Dubai and find a job of my dreams, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I went to Europe and I had an amazing time. And I went trekking in Iceland. It was absolutely amazing. And then I came back to Dubai and I started working. And then I realized, but I don't know what I want. And I don't know what I like, and I don't know who I am. Mm -hmm. And basically, it was like a quarter life crisis, do yeah. I call it? And things went really bad from there on. Sounds like, I didn't like know. a big moment. Yeah. yeah. And that's where I think the main feelings there were confusion mm -hmm. and like really feeling lost and, and alone. Mm -hmm. I felt really lonely and I felt like nobody would understand me when I would talk to them about this. Mm -hmm. And I still didn't know that I, that that was depression. I still had no idea. I was still, you know, lying to myself and pretending that everything is fine. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started slowly dabbling into personal development, um, but very little, not too much. And as time passed, and I was trying to figure out who I am, what do I like? And you know, when you look at yourself for so many years, it's not so easy to just come back to yourself. It takes some time and some fear. Until how did, eventually. How, how did you figure out what you really liked? Uh, that is basically this self discovery journey that I embarked on by uh, watching it started by googling and youtubing everything that I could find on who am I how to how do I know who I am how do I discover who I am things mm -hmm. like that mm -hmm. and then that led me to some self-help books to some um, courses to some programs transformational programs uh, so like step by step little by little I got to know myself and things were better but the turning point for me was, um, I remember I was 30 years old. I was already living in Amsterdam at the time, mm -hmm. in Netherlands. Mm -hmm. And I remember that moment very brightly. I was in my room on the couch and it was dark. It was already nighttime. There was no light in the, in the room except for my computer screen. And I was alone and it was just my cat next to me and I was Googling what's the easiest way to die mm -hmm. and what is the least painful way to die because I reached a point where I just couldn't uh, handle it anymore I was fighting with my ex-husband every day wow. I couldn't see the end of I couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel I was sad I felt 
I could, I would, I would cry sometimes for no reason, like in, in the middle of the street. I felt socially anxious. I couldn't even hang out with my friends anymore because I thought they were all thinking about me, mm-hmm. <laughs> talk about paranoia. Mm-hmm. I was overeating, so I gained weight, and um, I just generally felt horrible. <laughs> so that day, when I was googling, um, what's the least painful way to die? And by the way, I found my answer. Um, it took me some moments to realize what the hell I was searching for. And when I realized, I said, okay, this is, this is, there is a problem here. Sasha, you need to do something about this. This cannot continue. I don't want to die, mm-hmm. but this cannot continue. Mm-hmm. So I made the decision that I'm going to change. I don't know how, I don't know what I'm going to do, but this needs to change. Wow, that's and a big I, decision. I mean, yeah. that you had the clarity to, to make this decision. Yeah, it literally, I, I think that the first step to any transformation, mm-hmm. whether it's coming out of depression or losing weight or, I don't know, anything, mm-hmm. the first step is always making that decision. Yeah. <laughs> and those decisions, I feel that more, more, most often they come from a place of feeling really bad, like reaching a rock bottom, and then it kind of forces you to make that decision. And yeah, since I made that decision, I went full on on uh, personal development, and I went more into spirituality, and I and I started with very simple three minutes per day meditation. And I used to be the person that thought meditation doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. But I started with three minutes and journaling. And those two alone were, they helped me a lot to really help me uncover all those emotions that I've been carrying with me for years. Like the anger from my childhood at my family and my friends and the shame and... Um, especially the shame, because as a child, I was also shamed a lot Mm -hmm. for doing things wrong or for doing things not the way I was supposed to do them or Mm -hmm. just acting weird. Like my grandma, um, I think one of her favorite phrases was, oh my God, don't do that. What will other people think? Yeah. So like this constant shaming of doing something wrong is also a big one. I think it also contributes to anxiety and depression yeah and i also uncovered of course a lot of sadness and journaling and meditation really helped me to kickstart the journey and uncover and become aware of everything that is under the surface Mm -hmm. and i think this is step two after making the decision the next step is becoming aware Mm -hmm. and getting to know yourself and getting to sort of dig out from all this conditioning from everybody else throughout your life and try to dig out your true self and discover like what else is blocking you, what other emotions are there, what other limiting beliefs are there that are preventing you from being yourself. Mm-hmm. And then once I started to sort of come back home, coming back to me, 
and discovering all those behaviors and limited beliefs and emotions that um, I have been carrying around with me. That's when I started the healing journey. Mm -hmm. And I feel that that is step three. Once you once everything comes up and you become aware of uh, everything that is holding you back and everything that is like all the emotions that need the healing, then you see, then you heal it. And my favorite tool for that is NLP as well as energy healing. Mm -hmm. That's what I discovered it was the best for me personally. But of for course, the it's best for healing part, for getting rid of all of that stuff. Okay. Yeah. But for the awareness, I used meditation and journaling, and they were amazing. For the healing, I did a lot of different things, um, energy healing, chakra healing, all sorts of things. And I found, I, I even did an ayahuasca ceremony. And I found and energy work, works best for me, like emotional healing, specifically, when it comes to energy. And... That's why I became an NLP practitioner as well, because I saw how powerful that modality is. Yeah. And in NLP, uh, it explains really well how we carry our emotions with us in our unconscious mind, conscious, which is the same as our nervous system, mm -hmm. throughout our entire lives. So if there is like very emotional events that happened when you were a child, something that you know caused a lot of fear or shame or anger or something mm -hmm. you may completely forget about that event like you may have no recollection of that conscious but subconsciously it's still there it's still yes. in your nervous system yeah and then another event happens that it's similar to that one and yeah. you have the same emotional reaction and, and then it starts accumulating and accumulating and accumulating throughout your life and then you come to a point where something small happens and it triggers this emotion automatically in you and you can overreact for no good reason yeah. for absolutely something insignificant and you don't even know what happened True. what happens is that emotion that has been sitting in you all these years wants to come out and it's trying to come out but because you have not been paying attention to it and you're not sitting with it and you're not letting it out it's still stuck. <laughs> it, it will sabotage your life. Yes, it will sabotage your life. Just as oh, yeah, long sure. when when you start to uh, take action and uh, stand still and and actually feel your feelings. That's why I started this podcast for yes, the exact exactly. same reason. You need to you need to feel your feelings in order to feel your feelings. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Because feelings and emotions are data. They're not they're not here to hurt you or to harm you. They're just here to send you a message and to tell you, uh-huh, if it's like a really good emotion, then everything is going well, we're in alignment, stay stay the course, all good. Yeah. But if it's something that is unpleasant and uncomfortable, then it's like mm, something is off. I need yeah, I need to I need to pay attention. Something yeah. is really off. Yeah. Am I feeling this? Where? What does it mean? What is it telling me? Right. And once we into the mind and let it, and we feel it all the way through, then it goes away, and and it, that that is it. It's done. 
but if we don't, and, and nobody teaches us that, right? In school, no. in universities, we're not taught how to do that. Right? If anything, we're taught to do the opposite. So like when I was a kid, I would always hear like, yeah, don't cry, it's not a big deal. Or oh, stop crying, stop being a baby, things like that. Yeah. And it's not to blame anybody. Like our parents didn't know better because that's how they were raised. Yes. So I'm not blaming anybody here. I'm just saying that unfortunately most people are not consciously taught how to process emotions. No. Right. That's true. And we and because the negative emotions tend to be uncomfortable, we as human beings like to stay in the comfort zone, right? As much yep. as we can. So when something uncomfortable happens, instead of you know stepping forward and, and feeling it. We, we tend to avoid it and ignore it and put it away and and forget about it. Yeah. And, th and that's how these emotions accumulate over time. Yeah. And that's how eventually they can blow up and end up in um, an illness or like a mental condition or even a physical illness. Uh, by now, there's research um, that 95% of illnesses are caused by emotions and stress. Yeah. And only 5% are not caused by emotions and those like inborn uh, pathological things. True. Right? Yeah. So, I'm, I'm uh, at this moment, I'm making a, a YouTube uh, uh, video about how to avoid uh, depression. And I, I totally can relate to all the things you said in this, uh, in this podcast uh show so i absolutely uh, uh understand where you're coming from yeah thank you and great idea preventing depression is so much easier than getting out of it absolutely <laughs> believe me absolutely that's why i'm making it <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah yeah and another another problem is people are not aware of this condition i mean they know the word sure yeah but they don't know what it means to be depressed and they're not aware of the exact symptoms and no. once it happens to them they might not even seek help because they don't know they need help yes. they just don't understand why they feel so bad because that's what happened to me i didn't yeah. understand yeah. what was wrong i mean i followed all the steps that i was told uh to right i went to school i went to university yeah. i got married i got a nice job i was yeah. living in a beautiful place all the things was, society <laughs> all the things uh, society dictates for you right yeah i even, I even got two cats or three cats what is this <laughs> feel yeah. unhappy what is this yeah but i i agree a lot of people and they think like uh, feeling bad is just normal which isn't no, it's not. We're meant to be happy and joyful and peaceful. Exactly. But as, when as human beings. <laughs> when when was the moment that you thought, well, this isn't normal for me? What was your trigger? There must be something um, else. I think that I started realizing that I was yeah, I started realizing I was I was still in Dubai. That was already a little bit after the midlife crisis. Mm -hmm. 
and I actually went to see a therapist and I went maybe three or four sessions and uh, the whole time I was just crying. He was asking me questions and I was crying and stop, I couldn't stop. Mm-hmm. But I didn't like it at all because I felt that she couldn't, I couldn't connect to her because I understood what I was going through. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure a lot of therapists are great, but they don't know what you're going through because they've never been depressed. Mm-hmm. It was just hard for me to connect with her and what she was saying, but I didn't care. Yeah. So I stopped going to therapy. I was like, I don't like this. I'm going to no. do it on my own. Yeah. Well, that's that's most that's, of the time yeah, why 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 therapists are not the the great fit, and that's why we have a lot of coaches uh, who were depressed themselves, uh, who yeah. can help you way more better uh, than the traditional uh, well as we use it in the DSM where all the, well, the illnesses uh, are, um, well, provide in a, in a theoretical way, which is not how life works, right? Yeah, it's, I agree with that. I'm not saying all therapists are... Oh, no, me neither. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you just need to find the one that works for you yes. if you want therapy and i'm pretty sure therapy is amazing because you still therapy will definitely help self-recovery yes for sure yeah when it comes to deal with those emotions um i personally think that working with someone who knows how to get the emotions out in a quick and painless and easy way is better than going to therapy for years that True. is my opinion. Yes, absolutely. And uh, I think and I know a lot of coaches a lot of coaches can do that. Exactly. Well and and you go quicker through healing. Uh and exactly. you, you you get a jump start on your healing. And of course you have to do it yourself. Uh I mean nobody is going to heal you, uh, but uh it's absolutely yeah. true that um well, they help you quicker to heal and to feel better. Because if you understand yeah. where it's coming from, you can have more self-love and create a better way uh, and a better connection with yourself. So I totally get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wish I met myself. Like me today, I wish my, my past self <laughs> we met four years ago or I wish I discovered NLP four years ago because yes. it would have saved me so much and so much pain absolutely absolutely okay we are almost uh, um, through our time I want to ask you what are the three takeaways uh, you slightly mentioned it already but would you uh, be able to repeat what the three takeaways are when you are in a depression? I think, yeah, top main three takeaways. Uh, the first one I would say is, I don't think I mentioned this, but it's never too late to reinvent yourself. It's never too late to start from mm-hmm. wherever you are at in your life. Mm-hmm. And anyone can do it. And you don't even need massive questions. I mean, um, meditation and journaling, and it was free, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it made a huge impact. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. So you can start with that. And the best time to start was yesterday. The second best is today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a great right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> yeah, just make the decision and go for it. And yeah. you will make it. The second takeaway would be that self-knowledge is the key to happiness and to healing. I sincerely believe that depression is, is, it comes to literally let us know that, hey, you're not being yourself. <laughs> Stop playing this, this person you're not. Stop wearing all this mask. Come back to you. Come back yeah. to you. I literally, I really think that depression is that. And get to know yourself. Because once you get to know yourself, it's like dating someone, you know? You yeah. go on one date, you go on second date, and then as you get to know them more, you start developing feelings and you start developing more and more love. And it's the same with self-love and happiness. That's a great way to, to put yourself, it. I love that. <laughs> it's like dating yourself. Yeah, because your relationship with yourself is the most important True. relationship in your life. True. For sure. Yeah. And you start loving yourself, all the other relationships are going to be so easier. And the third takeaway is, I would say that most illnesses and men mental or physical manifest from holding on to negative emotions mm -hmm. and carrying them in our nervous system and neglecting them. So please, please, please pay attention to your emotions, pay attention to your feelings and learn to process them learn to heal them whether it's through journaling or meditation or healing modalities or or going to someone else for help mm -hmm. whatever you can do mm -hmm. holding on to emotions is potentially serious and, and getting rid of um, negative emotions mm -hmm. will benefit you in so many ways like your life will change once you let go of <laughs> negative junk yeah. inside of you yeah okay well thank you so much sasha uh we are going to round up this was the podcast feel your feelings until another episode